For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. This pandemic, Jackson State University has made bold and necessary steps to protect our student athletes. In hopes to get our fans back in the stands, we ask for our Tiger family support. You can donate today to the COVID-19 Athletic Relief Fund. Your donation will assist in the funding of financial support for student athletes, recruiting, and loss of revenue due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Thank you for all contributions, and remember, believe be blue. Donate at gojsutigers.com forward slash give. Welcome to episode 55 of the official Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club podcast, bringing you all the latest news, updates, and buzz surrounding your mighty JSU Tigers. I am the Corey C. Be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast to be notified of every new episode. Apple users, rate and review the show, and everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. It all helps the cause, which is the I love, Jackson State University. Hosting the show with me today are Mike B and Greg. Fellas, what's going on? Hey, how you doing? What's going on, Corey? I'm doing well. I have another exciting show. Uh, we have a special guest today who is the Assistant Athletic Director for Internal Operations, Mr. LaTroy Johnson who oversees the athletic equipment room. Welcome to the show, Troy. Man, I appreciate y'all guys for having me, man. I'm, I'm excited to be here. All right, no doubt about it. How, how are you doing? How are, how's your family as well? Man, everybody's doing good. Uh, uh, in the midst of all of this, you know, craziness that's going on in the world, we actually finding a, a sense of somewhat normalcy here at the house. So uh, the wife is good. The, the kid is good. My parents and my in-laws, everybody's good. So uh, it hadn't really hit hit our doorstep as of now. So we're blessed about that. Definitely a blessing. That is great to hear. So definitely uh, continue to be safe and healthy. So let's get right into it. The fans want to know about your role. So talk to us about what you do with the athletics department. Man, you know, I uh, I wear a lot of hats, man. Uh, but I think most of the Tiger fans out there and the faithful will know me from being in charge of our equipment. Uh, equipment is something that I hold near and dear to my heart. I've been doing it now for close to 20 years. And uh, VP Robinson and, and Dr. Scott reached out to me uh, a year and, and, and a few days ago, to be exact, to uh, to take over that area of the department, man. And I can I can honestly say that it's been uh, it's been a whirlwind in the beginning, but we finally you know, we finally got it to a point where we were able to get our feet up under us and 
and kind of tackle some things and, and get that equipment area rolling, man, so we can make sure that we're outfitting those Tigers in the best possible uh, Nike gear and protective equipment that we can find out here in the country, man. So uh, that's the main role that I have. Outside of that, I assist Dr. Scott, who is the associate AD for internal ops. I assist, I assist him with uh, game day operations for volleyball and men's and women's basketball and baseball and softball. Hey, Troy, can you tell us how did you get into this profession? Yeah, Greg, uh, I started, man, in undergrad. Uh, I went to Clemson for my undergraduate degree, and I became a student manager for football my freshman year in college. And I worked with the football team all four years while I was at Clemson. And after I graduated, a position came open at South Carolina State uh, in my hometown of Orangeburg to become the equipment manager there. So at a young age of, I think I was about 23, 24 years old, I took over uh, the equipment room at South Carolina State and worked that for about a good two and a half years, uh, along with the great Buddy Pugh over at South Carolina State. And uh, two good years of football, man. We finished nine and two and nine and two during those times in a game out of the uh, FCS playoff. And then... uh, then after that, I was blessed with the opportunity to become the head equipment guy at Middle Tennessee State University, uh, working for Coach Rick Stockstill, who was uh, a very integral part of me going to Clemson as a freshman. And so I worked with him and his staff for right at about six years, um, from 2007 to somewhere in 2012. Uh, and man, that's been it, man. It's been equipment all the way through. I, I took a a slight break uh, for about two and a half years and sold helmets and shoulder pads for Rydell. But after that, I got back in uh, to equipment. And ever since I got back in, I've been an HBCU guy, kind of bouncing around from the SWAC and the MEAC, spent a little time up at uh, TSU and OVC. And then it brought me back to the SWAC uh, down the road at Mississippi Valley and then ultimately uh, on to J.R. Lynch Street, man. So that's been my journey, man. It's been a, it's been a great one. I wouldn't trade it for, for a whole lot of nothing. Uh, that's good. It's good, Troy. Actually, that answered a, a lot of my questions right there. Because uh, I was looking at your um, your, your biography, and and, um, and you, you've had um, a bunch of stops at a number of programs there. Um, so when when I was looking at that, I noticed you were at Clemson, like you said, Middle Tennessee State, uh, a bunch of different HBCUs, and I think um, I know you were at Valley for a while. Um, on your particular journey, having having um, worked at um, a lot of these programs. Uh, as we know, at college athletics, there's a lot of uh, we see a, a case of the haves and the have nots. So having worked at programs on both sides of that spectrum, you know, there are some programs that have more resources than others. Is there any apparent difference in like the mor- morale of the student athletes at those programs that you might have noticed? Man, Mike, that's a good question. And, and, and to be honest with you, the athletes really don't change. Uh, the, the athletes that you have. Out of Middle Tennessee, their morale and the way they think is no different than the athletes you'll have at a Jackson State or a Pine Bluff or a Valley for that matter. The difference is, you know, for one, they have a lot more of the talented top tier athletes than what we may have. You know, at, at Jackson, you may have, um, you know, one one guy at quarterback that could go play someplace else. You may have two or three wide receivers you know, so forth and so on. But right. when you get to those other schools, man, you have a multitude 
of athletes at different positions that could play anywhere in the country. And so the mindset of those guys are different compared to the overall mindset of all of our guys. Like if you take our top quarterback, our top running back, our top four wide receivers, you know, skill guys, linemen, whatever, you could probably place them at a few mid-major programs in the country and they could probably do the same amount of work, if not more, that they're doing at a Jackson State at some of those mid-majors. The problem that we run into is when you get to that second and that third tier uh, or that third team, second team guy, they are a lot different here than they are at those places. And, and that tends to be the, you know, that tends to be the biggest difference. Okay. Is that, is that in terms of a skill set or just uh, mentality and how they carry themselves? Oh, it may be a little bit of both. You know, it may be a little bit of both because, uh, you know, the, the second and third tier guys that we have, you know, they may not be as talented as the, the first tier guy, but they work really hard. You know what I mean? Right. So their work ethic is, is great. So they put forth a really good work ethic from day to day that they can compete with that first tier guy, even though they may not be as talented. When you get to those mid-majors and the power fives, those second tier and third tier cats, they could start for some schools. You know what I'm saying? They just happen to either want to go to that school because of the tradition or because they're winning right now. They're the hot thing. Or, you know, it could be their coach might have went there or somebody in their family went there, but they're talented enough to play at a whole bunch of other schools. They just happen to stop where they stop. Okay, so so I have a question because I know you said something about the Rydell connection. Can you tell me how that your Rydell connection can can affect Jackson State and how we can use that to benefit our student athletes, especially on the football side? Yes, uh, you know I, I spent two and a half years with them and developed some real good relationships. Uh, with those guys over there, still keep in contact with them. I think the one thing that we can benefit from from that relationship between myself and Rydell is I know a lot of the key account guys. So one in particular being Larry Kennedy, who is uh, he worked with the NFL and the Power Five, but he's also the liaison for Rydell and the HBCUs. So he's a phone call away. So prime example. Uh, if you think back to the, the helmet campaign that you guys uh, spearheaded, you know, last year, right before I came in, we had uh, we had to try to figure out where that stuff was in the mix when I got there. You know, hey, when is it going to ship? You know, can we get tracking information and all of that? And Larry was very integral in kind of pushing that thing through because we wanted it to get here so we could have that for that. Meak Swat game against Bethune down in Atlanta because we really wanted to open up the season in those helmets. And Larry kind of pulled some strings to get those pushed out in probably a little bit more of a uh, feasible timetable for us than probably it would have been if I would have just had to deal with the local uh, the local rep or uh, get on the phone and try to call customer service. So the relationship between me and those guys it is very big. Uh, I use them for reconditioning. They do a great job of reconditioning our helmet. As we speak right now, the white helmets are on their way back to us from reconditioning. So uh, that's a long-lasting relationship that I that I try to carry with me wherever I go and keep them in my back pocket. All right, good. You know, Troy, you mentioned something there in, in, in regards to um, to orders and the ordering process. 
Um, has this pandemic affected uh, your ordering process and some of your other responsibilities? Um, has that had any kind of impact on how you do business on a day-to-day -day basis right now? Yes, it, it really has. Um, probably the, the biggest part of that that we're looking at right now is because of all of the restrictions that are placed on the U.S. as far as goods being shipped in and out from different countries and that sort of thing, uh, Nike's warehouse is not like it would be on a normal year. So a lot of the things that we would be able to just order and they get shipped to us in a matter of three or four days, now those are like on a four or five week, you know, delivery cycle, if not longer than that, uh, because of COVID. So it, it puts us in uh, somewhat of a bind. But the good thing that we do is uh, with our administration and, and the way that we pay our bills and, and the way that we forecast things from a budget standpoint, it gives us an opportunity to be able to forecast uh, a lot of our orders months in advance. Right now, uh, if we were if we were to have to play football or any of the fall sports for that matter uh, on a normal schedule, we would be ready to go because we've already started receiving goods from Nike, you know, from some of our other vendors that we deal with. So it's impacted us a little bit, but it hasn't had as much of a strain on us as I would have anticipated probably two, three months ago. Gotcha. And speaking of COVID and the handling of, of equipment and uniforms, I'm sure there's an added emphasis on sanitation now in your department. What are some of the measures you're taking to ensure the safety of the kids? Man, you know, uh, Corey, I told one of my colleagues the other day, I said, if we don't play fall sports or if we don't have a sports season at all, I think I'm going to go and pick up a side hustle and start a janitorial <laughs> service because all of the, all of the materials that we've purchased uh, over the last two, three months, man, I could go out and I can clean some major businesses with some of the stuff that we've gotten in-house. Uh, but now I, I think, man, honestly, I think it was a team effort, and we did a great job. Uh, I got to give hats off to the administrative team that A.D. Rob has put together, man. We sat in – uh, the library in our Tiger Center in, in the new uh, academic wing over in the library that we have for the student-athlete, we sat in there for probably, uh, off and on, probably for about a good two and a half, three weeks, coming up with a plan and, and identifying products and, and things that we needed to sanitize locker rooms, to disinfect offices, to give our students PPE, to give our staff PPE. And so we we, we spent a lot of time on that, man. And I, and I think uh, without the leadership of A.D. Rob and, and the administrative team that we have, I don't know whether we would really have been uh, to a point where we were ready to go. But, like, for example, just to give you a couple things that we've gotten, we bought some electrostatic sprayers uh, that we plan to travel with, you know, so that we can spray down buses, we can spray down locker rooms when we get there, we make it spray down meeting rooms in the hotel, we bought foggers, so that at the end of each day, we can go into the locker rooms, into the offices, and all of our uh, athletic buildings and spray our foggers. We bought humidifiers. We bought uh, multiple masks, you know, shots out to read, enterprises for, for getting us the masks for our kids. Uh, we bought welcome packs. So when our kids return, we're going to give them hand sanitizers, wet wipes. We're going to give them tissue packets. We're going to give them multiple masks. We're going to give them neck gaiters to work out in. 
I mean, the list is the list goes on and on for what we've done and, and the things that we've purchased, man, just to make sure that we're good to That's go. Awesome. Okay. So outside of the pandemic, what's the most what's the most challenging part of your job? And what's the most significant part of it? I think the the challenging part and the significant part is probably one and the same. Uh, the, the challenging part is just trying to prepare week in and week out to make sure that our kids, our student athletes, our staff, our coaches have the things that they need to be successful. Like I tell folk all the time in equipment, man, our job is before the ball is kicked off and after that last horn blows, during the game, we can really be fans. You know what I mean? And that's the satisfying part. That satisfying part comes when that ball is finally kicked off on Saturday or the ball is tipped up in the air in the AAC on Saturday or Monday or that first pitch is thrown and everybody has what they need. Everybody is dressed apart. The coaches can worry about coaching. They don't have to worry about whether we're going to have enough equipment, whether we're going to get a flag or whether we're going to get a technical foul or, you know, anything that relates to equipment, we we don't want them to worry. So that's the most gratifying part, but it's also the most stressful part in the same because leading up to that kickoff or leading up to that tip-off, you're like, man, what could go wrong? What what could go wrong? What haven't I done? You know, is there anything left that I could I could be doing right now instead of just sitting here looking? But it goes back to your preparation throughout the week. It, it's, as long as you prepare you know, from Sunday up until Thursday, then at the end of the day, man, you, you, you good. Like that, that helps, that helps what you're doing. And you're satisfied when you can see that ball being kicked off, the ball being tipped off. And at the end of the day, the Tigers get that win. Uh, you go over and you sing the alma mater and you look in a coach face or you look in a, a player face and they tell you, Hey man, we appreciate what you did today. Or we appreciate what you did this week. That that's, that's all in the same, man. That's the most satisfying part, and it's the most complicated part and the most stressful part all in the same. Wow, great stuff. And, uh, you know, that's, that's an interesting perspective, so I definitely want to thank you for sharing that with us. And, you know, and that's one reason why we wanted to have you on on the show, to definitely just to give you some of that spotlight. I don't know if, if your position or what you do goes unnoticed, but it is significant. It is important. So we definitely wanted to give you an opportunity to kind of express it through your lens. So we appreciate that. Now, I do want you to give us an idea of your quote unquote philosophy, if you will, on uniforms. There's a saying that if you look good, you feel good. And if you feel good, you play good. So would you say, would you say that's a mantra of yours as well? Oh, man, I think that's that that is probably hanging in every equipment room in America, man. Uh, the, the crazy part about it is, though. It is, but it ain't. You know, I, I tell the kids all the time, or I shouldn't say kids, you know, I tell the student athletes all the time, man, y'all worry about making the tackle and making a big catch. Like we we gonna we gonna make you look good, you know, that's that's part of our job. And I really don't have a philosophy, Corey. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I, I talk to Greg a lot when it comes to that, man. And you know, I know the tiger faithful. You know, they 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 real particular about what the Tigers wear. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's hard to satisfy, hard to pride. Yeah. We particular about everything, to be honest. Hard to please, <laughs> you know what I mean? But we try to uh, we try to put together a schedule uh, 
at the beginning of the year, that one that that kind of falls in line with the game day themes that uh, our game management, you know, team and staff come up with. Uh, Dennis Driscoll, our associate AD for uh, sports media, and associate AD Hakeem McClellan, who uh, who handles a lot of those game themes, with also with James Motley and those guys. We try to come up with a plan as to what we're going to wear that we can we can mimic, you know, what's in the stands. So, like for instance, you know, whenever we have a WC Gordon Classic, we want to have that red because the great WC Gordon was was the one that that brought the red to Jackson. Yes, you know what I mean? And so we try to make sure that even though we don't have a red uniform, we try to accent that red <laughs> color with what we wear that particular week. Like if you go back to this past WC Gordon Classic and, you know, against Grambling, uh, we painted the end zone red. Uh, we had on the red socks. We had the red gloves. You know, we wore the white helmet because the white helmet had, you know, a little bit of that red down the stripe. And, you know, just to let you guys know, we had <laughs> – we had to call uh, we had to call Gramlin earlier in, in the week, maybe a week or so in advance, and beg and plead with them not to wear their red pants because you know they added a red uniform uh, probably a year or so ago. And 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 all of you guys know George Stubbs. He spent some time at Jackson, great friend of mine, good guy in the equipment business. And George is, you know, George is a is, he he's he's militant as all get out. He, I love him to death, but I tell him all the time. Man, you gotta stop being so militant, man. Just take a <laughs> breath. Stop, stop being so so hard. George had packed probably two weeks prior to our game, and he had already packed his red pants. And he had already said, "Man, we're gonna wear red down there because I don't want to wear white pants because they got grass, and I'm gonna be fighting grass stains and all of that." So I had to beg and plead with him, you know, not to wear red, and he didn't. But it ended up going off well. So you know, with the help of James Motley, man, we come out on Wednesday with Wardrobe Wednesday. Uh, we make that graphic and we put it out on all of our social media sites and it really took off this year and we started to get feedback. So, you know, I'll get an email in the middle of the week like, hey, man, I know y'all doing wardrobe Wednesday, but can you can you tweet this? Can you put the blue socks with this instead of the white or, you know, can you wear the blue helmet this week instead of the white helmet? You know, that. So a lot of that, man, comes with our game themes. But to be perfectly honest with you, a lot of it comes with wins and losses. Mm-hmm. Like I, I would, I would be first to tell you, if we wore a uniform and we put forty-five points on the board and held an opponent to seven, and we had five or six turnovers on defense and 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 a whole bunch of big plays and a lot of yardage on offense, I'm gonna probably try to wear that uniform combination again because it, it might spark something in their mind. But if we go out, I if we go out and and somebody hang forty on us and we can't score, we can't move the ball. You know, we can't create no turnovers. That uniform combination probably going to get scrapped for that year. Now, we may revisit it another year down the road, but we probably ain't coming back to that right. one that particular year. <laughs> Makes sense. Makes sense. Now, Troy, tell me, um, keep sticking with, with, uh, with uniforms here, how big of a role do you feel that uniforms play in uh, attracting uh, prospective kids and, and, and recruits? Is this something that you all take into consideration when you all go through, through the de- designing process? Yes, no question about it. If you look at uh, if you look at the landscape of amateur athletics, all the way from you know junior high, high school, the AAU circuit, all of that, the first thing that identifies with those with those young athletes is what you wear. Like it's a reason why just about every school in the country 
comes up with some form of wardrobe Wednesday because it's all over social media. The high school kids are all over social media. The AAU teams are all over social media. And so they see that. And so you want to make sure that you're putting a good foot forward so that they can say, man, if I go to Jackson State, I don't have to worry about being limited to wearing, you know, a blue jersey, a white jersey and white pants all year. Like they got different combinations. We can mix and match. You know, we can do uh, different things with our uniforms and the kids like that. So when they come on their visit, you know, one of the things that we try to do is we try to make sure that we, you know, we exhibit all of our uniform combinations to a certain extent, whether it's on the mannequins or whether we have it laid out in the locker for them so they can actually see it. So when we talk to them about it, it's not like we're blowing smoke. You know what I'm saying? Like we we get in there and we tell them how many different uniform combinations we wore throughout the year or how many that we have the capability of wearing and the kids eyes light up because that's what they want to see. Because when they go to, you know, when they go to a camp at an LSU or Mississippi State or someplace like that, you know, they see all of that stuff when they tour the locker room or when they turn on uh, uni swag on Instagram, they see them guys putting out all of the different swag options that some of, you know, some of our counterparts in the FBS level have. So we want to make sure that we're putting a good footprint out there as far as what we're wearing, the brand that we're wearing and, and how we're doing it. So I, I think it plays a, a major part in recruiting. Um, that's why you see a lot of times when we put our, our graphics out there, whether it's posters or whether it's something that we, you know, we tweet or we put on Instagram, a lot of times you'll see that swoosh at the bottom because we want them to know that that's what we represent it by. Like we wear the best of the best because we're trying to get the best of the best and we want to be the best of the best. Absolutely. And, and I have a follow-up to that. And you kind of answered it already, but I want to see if I can get you to expound on it a little bit more. You know, there's a lot of buzz now about these elite high school recruits potentially going to HBCUs. And I'm sure that they'll be taking everything into consideration before making that decision. And, you know, from the facilities to the uniforms and so on. So how do you feel we can stack up in the uniform department in comparison to those power five schools that they'll be choosing from as well? Man, you know, in, in the uniform category, we can stack up with some, some of the best. Uh, because of our three full sets of uniforms, you know, we can mix and match those things like crazy. Uh, and what a lot of people don't understand is you can change a uniform combination simply by changing your socks. Right. You can wear, you can wear blue helmet, blue jersey, blue pants, and blue socks one week, and that's one combination. You can turn around the very next week and put on white socks, and now that's a whole nother uniform combination. So when you start doing the math, you can come up with, you know, endless number of options that you can do for a uniform. So when talking about recruiting those uh, five-star and four-star athletes to HBCUs, I think, man, we match up just as well as anybody when it comes to a uniform standpoint. Now, uh, I I don't want to steal you guys thunder and, and jump on a whole nother question, but I have some other thoughts. Uh, about the Power Five, uh, you know, getting kids compared to the HBCUs, but that could be a whole other conversation for another day. But uh, in regards to the uniform piece, I think we stand up with some of the best of them. Well, keep it going. We want to hear it. Let, let's hear those thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I've been, you know, it, it's, a, it's a slippery slope, man. 
I'm, I'm gonna be 100 honest with you, because being a kid that uh, graduated from a from a Power Five school, a PWI, and having worked now at more HBCUs than I've had at PWIs, I see the good, the bad, and the other. You know what I mean? And for the HBCUs, there are a few HBCUs out there that I think can handle the five-star recruit. I really do believe that. But then there are more HBCUs out there than they are that can handle it. There's more that can. And I'm not just saying from an athletic background, but I'm just saying from an overall university standpoint. Right. You know what I mean? Like how can they manage the day-to-day stuff outside of the athletic facilities? You know, is there multiple cafeterias to where when I got 45 minutes in between class and I need to run and get some food, I don't have to wait in the line that's wrapped around the building because we only have one. You know, when I want something to eat after I get out of practice and I've gone to dinner and I've gone to study hall and now I come out of study hall at nine o'clock and I want to grab a, a, a bite before I go back to my room. Is there something open on campus that I don't have to leave off campus to go and get? So I think when we start talking about, you know, the conversation of whether or not HBCUs should recruit the five star and the four star kids and whether we get them, can we keep them and things of that nature? I think it goes far beyond the athletic realm. It goes into the day to day lifestyle of the student athlete and the places that they're going to spend more time inside of outside of the athletic facilities, the dormitories, the cafeteria, the student center, you know, the classrooms for that matter, are the are the buildings where the academic classes are, are they up to par? You know, we we spend a lot of time talking about upgrading our athletic facilities and making sure our athletic facilities are comparable to some mid-majors and some low majors of the world, because we all know that uh we not going to be able to, you know, put 108 reclining chair lockers in our in our locker room like a LSU or like Alabama just released the other day. But we can do a great job in building up our facilities to where we can compete with a Southern Miss. You know, we can compete with a Louisiana Tech or Louisiana Monroe. We can do some things to compete with those guys. We may not be able to compete with the LSUs, but the thing about it is, can our classrooms compete with them? You know, because they're not going to always be in the athletic facility. So when they walk into the classroom, can they walk into a building where they have some touch learning type stuff on the whiteboard or, you know, they have uh, dock connections at their desk to where they can plug their laptops in and things of that nature that I see at some of the other, you know, PWIs and, and high major schools. So that, like I said, man, that that conversation, we can do a whole podcast on that conversation. So I'm not going uh, I'm not going to just dwell on that the whole time because I know y'all ain't bring me on here to talk no. about that. You know, that, oh, that's something that's oh. good to me, man. Man, great, great stuff. It, it's great, near and dear to me. And, and we, we will definitely bring you back on to have this conversation. Uh, this, this yeah, is great. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're going to bring you back on so we can really just get into it. So I appreciate that. Okay. So, so I got a question. So, talk about some of the benefits that our partnership with Nike um, and how the fans and supporters can support the athletic department with this partnership um because you know this is 
this is our first time having a real legit partnership with BSN and Nike. So if you can tell the audience how those are, the, are you know, how we can interact with them and how we can continue this partnership for years to come. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe, you know, like I, I said earlier, uh, Nike is the best and the best out there. Like there's, they've been around for a long time. Uh, they are a billion dollar industry and it's a privilege to be able to wear that swoosh on our chest day after day and, and represent uh, B.I. Love and, and the great Jackson State University. But I think from a fan standpoint, how you guys can get uh, engage in some of the benefits of having Nike is our online store. You know, that online platform that we have that we constantly update with the help of BSN and Nike puts all of the uh, items that you may see us wear on a day-to-day basis, you know, it puts that right at your fingertips. And the good thing about that is you have customizable options for print. So you can you can go on that website, man, and and you can get whatever you want. You can put Jackson State alum. You can say, uh, "I'm a I'm a Jackson State mom or dad," or you know, you can pick your favorite sport. You can put something with football. You can put something with tennis. Like you can put something with whatever you want. And the the probably the biggest part of that is part of those proceeds go directly back to the athletic department. So not only are you able to sport you know, some of the best stuff that Nike has to offer, but you're also helping the Tigers by purchasing it because it's offsetting some of the costs that we have, you know, to do certain things because that money is coming right back to the department. Another thing um, that we benefit from is, you know, with the SWAT, they have uh, put one of the VPs at Nike on a council uh, with the SWAT office that's kind of the liaison between Nike, the SWAT, and the member institutions. So with that, you know, A.D. Rob is working tirelessly right now to get them to release a custom uh, Nike Air Force One, you know, with JSU logos and things. So in the next few months, you're going to you're going to see some renderings of that shoe, and we're probably going to drop about a thousand of those shoes, you know, for the for the alumni and the fans and the supporters to purchase. Like we said when they first talked about it when he came on campus. You know, he said, man, we want to try it out with a thousand. And we all in the room looked and kind of laughed. And he said, well, what's funny? We was like, man, you're going to need way more than a thousand. Because when these Tigers get a hold to it, them thousand going to go quick. Because you just saying a thousand, we got 20 people in the department that's going to buy a pair as soon as it hit the market. So if we buy 20 and then the 1400 club, everybody in there buy one a piece. Then Tiger Fund buy one a piece and Blue Bengal buy one a piece. And then the National Alumni Association buy one a piece. You already done spent your thousand already. So, you know, with some of those things that they afford us, man, I think it's a great partnership. We're, we're going into year three with it. Uh, and we look to to renegotiate when that time comes so we can we can jump back out there and, uh, and and extend that opportunity. I would love to see, man, and this is no lie. I would love to see us be the first HBCU in recent history to have a direct deal with Nike. I said it on I said it on the podcast. Make sure y'all don't edit that part out. We need no edits. I would, love for us, I would love for us to be the first HBCU man to have a direct deal with them 
to where we don't have to go through the middle part. And don't get me wrong. I love our relationship with BSN. They've been great to us. You know, we're, we're a great partner and all of that, but no knock on them. But I would love to cut out that middleman and be able to go direct through Nike to where we can get some of the same things uh, that some of the other, you know, uh, direct Nike schools have. And that would be huge. That, that would be really big. No doubt about it. Troy, what can we as alumni do to support you and, and your colleagues at JSU? Is there something that uh, we can do to make your job easier or um, A.D. Robinson's job easier? Man, yeah. Uh, you know, the, the first thing that, that we need is support. Uh, and, and when I say support, that's on different levels. For one, of course, we need your financial support. You know, you can go to uh, you can go to our website, gojsutigers.com, and there's a there's a tab for giving. You know, you can you can give on that tab and you can you can really go on there and give and, and dictate where you want your money to go. So I would love for you guys to go on there and hit give and, and, and in the area where it asks for who you're giving to, say equipment. You know, I, I make sure we put that money to good use. Uh, that's one way. The next way is uh, purchasing season tickets. You know, that what, what people don't realize is, man, that season ticket revenue, whether it be football, men's and women's basketball or baseball, that helps offset a lot of the costs and a lot of the things that we have to do within the department. So, you know, the one, the first one is give, and you can go to the website and do that. The second one is uh, purchasing your season tickets. And then the, the third one is, man, show up, man. You know, come to the games, come to everything that uh, the department is doing. You know, support the golf outing, you know, support the blue and white weekend in the fall, the blue and white weekend in the spring, uh, give to the university. You know, all of those things, man, help support us and it helps drive our student athletes. I, I think I said it when I was a guest on the uh, National Alumni Association Day Party, uh, it's nothing like coming out of the tunnel or coming out of that tiger head and, and you look up in in the vet and you see, you know, 30,000, 40,000 screaming tiger fans in there rooting those guys on. Man, that, that's, that's amazing. Or when you turn around on third down and, and someone waves a towel and get the crowd up and all of a sudden there's a roar in the place. Like, just showing up, Man, that support right there goes, it goes a long way, especially in the eyes of the student athletes. So uh, giving, buying your season tickets, and then showing up, man, those are some of the best ways that you guys can uh, support us in, in the different things that we do. And I promise you, if you give and, and you direct it to a certain area, A.D. Rob and, and Associate Vice President uh, Elise Wells-Kilbert, they're going to make sure that that money goes with exactly where you guys want it to go. And then we're going to put it to good use. And once we put it to good use, we're going to put it out there and let y'all know that we did it. You know, a prime example of that is the helmet campaign. You know, you guys did a great job of spearheading that. But our, our payback to you for doing that was national TV first game of the year on a Sunday afternoon. We put it on on, on ESPN for the world to see. Now, the outcome of the game, we probably would have, you know, hoped that it would have been better in the debut of those white helmets. But, I mean, I think, if I'm not mistaken, every time we played on TV last year, we wore those white helmets. So that just was another another aid to show that, hey, if you give, if you spend your hard-earned money to support the Tigers, we're going to show you in return how we appreciate it and what we do with it. All right. Great stuff. Great stuff. And, 
Before we let you go, can you let the JSU fans know how they can follow you and the equipment staff on social media? Yeah, uh, you can follow the equipment staff on Twitter at GoJSUEquipment. On Instagram, it's the equipment staff. And personally, you can follow me on Twitter at Latroy underscore Johnson and on Instagram at Rags, R-A-G-Z, 1911. And, and just before Greg starts smiling, that 1911 <laughs> is not January. <laughs> I knew he was going to clarify that. <laughs> Mike, I just I just needed to say that right? I can see Greg smiling on the other end of this line. You know that that's not what that means. Ad Robinson as well. Yeah. And 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 Associate Ad Hakeem. They they all know. <laughs> all right, good stuff. Well, we hey we we truly appreciate this, man. This has been a pleasure, and I tell you what. You will be coming back on the show uh, anytime. Don't wait for me to, to call you. You have my number. Let me know when you want to come back and what we're going to talk about because this has been a thrill. Yeah, it's been real good. Man, I appreciate you guys. Man. This is a great platform. I, you know, I listen to you probably once a week on my drive from uh, the Delta awesome. down to Jackson, man. So I, I look forward to hearing this one and, and listening to how bad I sound uh, when I'm actually critiquing myself. <laughs> Hey, you sounded great, but the most important thing was the content was excellent. So even if you didn't sound great, your content was amazing. <laughs> hey, I appreciate All it. All right, I thank you. It. And that'll do it for episode 55 of Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club. Thank you to all of our listeners. And again, be sure to download and subscribe to the podcast. Apple users, rate and review the show. And everyone, follow Tiger Talk with the 1400 Club on Facebook and Tiger Talk 1400 on Twitter. I can't stress the importance of this enough. We're looking to do some big things with this platform to aid the athletics department, and it all starts with you. Downloading, subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show. And tell every Tiger that you know. We're on all podcast outlets. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, CastBox, and so on. And we'll be posting each episode on our Facebook and Twitter pages. As always, thank you for your support. Go Tigers! Hashtag the I love. ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early 
so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.